1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. So Austin did such a great job. Uh, and by the way, you know, there were a couple of days in Miami. I thought, man, it's cold. I didn't know what I was talking about. Uh, but anyway, uh, Austin did such a great job last Wednesday night. We're going to pick up in Ephesians 2, 6. I think a couple of verses he mentioned, and then we'll hit new ground. Ephesians 2, 6, and God raised us up with Christ. What tense is raised us up? Past tense. So in other words, it's completed action. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him, with him, with the Father, in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. You know, it sounds so ridiculous and so simple, but a lot of times in my life when I'm half, tempt, half tempted to, you know, think bad thoughts or say bad things or whatever, I just picture Father God over here on my left, and it just stops me cold. I mean, because I'm seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, where? At the right hand of Father God. So I just imagine looking over here to the left and seeing Father God. <laughs> I just tell you, it just stops you from whatever you are going to do or say that you know would not be right. Amen. Or being angry with somebody or whatever. Colossians 3.1, since then you have been raised, have been raised. What tense is that? Past tense, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart, hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And uh, so this is where we are. And you have no idea when you're a part of Faith Christian Center how we're teaching these things all the time. But most people in most churches don't know anything about this. And it's sad to me, you know, Dad Hagen used to say that people who don't know and practice faith miss a whole lot of good things. And uh, when, I was a, when I was younger, I was a little bit conflicted about that because it's almost like a kind of survivor's guilt. I didn't study psychology, so I'm not sure what term to use. But in other words... Uh, you know, that, that you're so blessed and then you look around and people are, are messed up. And, uh, but over, over the decades, I have seen that everybody had the opportunity. And uh, I'll tell you what's really sad to me is that I can mention a name on a Sunday morning, for example, Oral Roberts. And uh, he was not, he didn't have the biggest healing ministry of his day, but he was certainly the most famous. But I can tell by the look on people's faces, they don't even know who I'm talking about. And all of this is on YouTube. You know, I mean, uh, Jack Coe is on YouTube, C-O-E. He was the biggest healing evangelist of that era. And, uh, but the, whatever you want to look at, T.L. Osborne, it's, it's out there. It's out there. 
uh, Kenneth Hagin, it's all out there. So my point is, the information's out there. And if somebody wanted to know, well, they could go hunting and looking and searching. Amen? Well, that's pretty brutal, Father. So most Christians are living their lives spiritually like most Americans are living their lives medically. That's what he just said to me. In other words, the information's out there. But people don't want to take the time or trouble to go find the information. It's easier just to believe what some talking head is telling them. And for a lot of Christians, it's some famous preacher. And, uh, you know, somebody was throwing up somebody famous and they have more people watching them online than we do. And somebody that works for me says, you know, we're, we're holding church. We're not doing jackass episodes. <laughs> so there's a lot going on. To, they, in other words, there, there's a lot going on. People trying to be viral, trying to gain attention. We, we don't do that. We're not interested in that. Uh, there's only one commendation we're looking for, and that's coming up at the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, you know, whatever man commends, you can pretty much count on being wrong. And so we have to we have to live and conduct and behave ourselves as God's people. Dr. Lester Summerall told me once, my primary mentor, and that may that name may be blind to you. He was an apostle. He was a prophet. Uh, but he said, always conduct yourself in a way to where you can sleep at night. And that was really great advice because a lot of times as ministers, we get called upon to make calls that people aren't happy with. But uh, if you do what's right, then you don't spend your life second-guessing yourself, even though right may not be popular. So, Jesus is there right now, somewhere up here to the north. We know that heaven is in the north. And Finus Jennings Dake believed that heaven was a planet somewhere out there to the north. And God does not live in Jerusalem anymore. He is in heaven. His throne is in heaven. And there in a place called heaven... In the throne room of God, Jesus is seated right now at the right hand of God. So what you're looking at here is not me. What you're looking at is the house I live in. And uh, from the earth it came and from the earth it will return. But it's not me. It's the house I live in. Spiritually, I'm seated right now at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus. Now, this has just not been taught across the body of Christ. People just don't know. And so the devil comes along with whatever he's got going, whatever he's got going. And I think all of us have seen what you can do to people in the last two years if you can make them afraid. Haven't we seen that? Well, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, who actually have taken the time to read what Paul wrote, well, we're not afraid. There should never be an occasion to make you afraid. Jesus is there right now at the right hand of the Father, and we are in him, in Christ Jesus, right now 
at the right hand of Father God. Jesus is the head of the body, the church, the church of the living God. And Austin just sent me an article a day or two ago. It's just horrifying about how that these government medical people used evangelical ministers, used them to propagate their message of fear. And it's just horrifying to me, but apparently I don't live in a world that they live in. I mean, if somebody called the office and said, you know, uh, they want you to come to this or go to that and lie and, you know, you can have lunch or whatever, they wouldn't even tell me about it because it just ain't going to happen. Or, uh, you know, now one of our brothers in Christ in our tribe, in our faith tribe, took some of that PPP money and gave it back. And we were wondering, why would they do that? In other words, if you, if you get embarrassed taking the money, why would you give it back? Well, then we find out that along with that money came strings for churches. And so, you know, people can fuss and complain uh, about us being blessed, but the great thing about us being blessed is we owe no man anything except the debt of love. In other words, if they, if they call here saying, well, you know, we gave you some money, so you owe us this, we, we say, you don't give us any money. You know, we have never taken a dime from you. Amen. You understand? So, so we can keep our loyalty straight. Can you see that? Our loyalty is to Father God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, and the written word. That's our loyalty structure. Amen. Now, we obey the laws of the land. Sure we do because, you know, we want to live at peace. Amen. Now, you might wonder when I figured out that this was a lie, when, when, when our conservative, so-called conservative governor of Texas closed churches but not liquor stores and abortion clinics, that's when I, I mean, at that moment, I, I had it. I knew. This is not about health care. You know, and then they, they did a special thing. I don't remember if it was a law or executive order that you could do uh, take out liquor. It's just crazy. And, and you might be laughing about that, but probably a lot of you sitting there watching this online, your preacher's doing take out Christianity. But we are the body of Christ. Say, lift, you know, do it like a, a, a muscle builder. Say, we are the body of Christ. You know, and we're meeting. Amen. And it's funny to me, I'm getting dressed to come over here tonight, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, isn't it interesting how all these corporations have taken this word community and it's like they employ it for their own purposes and agenda. But the Holy Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost gave humankind the perfect community. And that is the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you know, we have widows and widowers among us. They're not lonely. People, we've had people, you know, get sick or lose their jobs and 
this is a wonderful congregation. I mean, a lot of times things happen and I find out about it later. I remember a while back a woman fell ill and lost her job and I, by the time I heard about it and found out about it, men had stepped to the plate and were pitching in 100, 250, 500, covering her rent and so she was able to live. Wonderful. You know, this is the body of Christ. This is a community of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're a part of that. We're a part of that body of Christ. And Jesus is the head of it. So if the head is exalted, well, the body has to be exalted. I I would guess your head doesn't go anywhere without your body. Right? (laughs) And if Jesus has been given all authority, that authority belongs to the church. We've already covered this. He gave his authority to the church. And so his, his authority resides in the church, not in Rome, not in some guy, but in the body of Christ. The authority of Christ resides in the body of Christ. And everything that Jesus did, he did for us. Everything Jesus did, he did for the benefit of the church. That is his body. Now, if he conquered all the forces of darkness and left them paralyzed and broken before he arose from the dead, it is, it is as though we accomplished that mighty work. Now, in the last two years, Sue and I watched the Wednesday night, December 29, this afternoon, and I talked about how distracted men of God had become and they had gotten off task. And they, they get off task and they do that, you know, by back when Obama was president, carrying water for him or when Trump was president, carrying water for him. Uh, these are all snipe hunts. These are all things that can get us off task. Now, we're, we're smart people. We read, we think. So we have an opinion about this and we have an opinion about that. But we're not so simple to think that a politician's going to save us or the Supreme Court's going to save us. In other words, we read, we think, we have opinions. But we're not going to carry anybody's water. Do you understand what I'm saying? And uh, a, a lot of these are just snipe hunts. You know, what's a snipe hunt? Well, when I was a little boy, my cousins asked me if I'd ever been snipe hunting. We were, I was staying at my grandpa's farm. No, I've never been snipe hunting. And so we got these uh, camping lanterns and a twenty-two rifle, and, you know, so we head out. Spent the, half the night out there and never found anything. And uh, then the next morning, you know, they told my grandpa that they had taken me snipe hunting. It was, it was a big laugh at my expense because there's no such thing as a snipe. And so a lot of, a lot of even God's men, they're, they're off task. What's our task this past Sunday? What do we do? We preach the word of God. We win people to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray over the sick. And uh, it's a rare thing to come across the devil here. But when we do, we cast it out because we have authority. So we're on task. And somebody might say, uh, well, Pastor Gene, you know, we ought to be more active in this and we ought to be more active in that because, you know, the world's going to hell. Well, see, here's a great advantage I had 
When I was a young man, I, I read the book of Revelation. And when I was a young man, I read Romans chapter 1. So I knew at the beginning it was all going to go to hell. Now, we can do what we can do to try and mitigate it. You know, we go vote. And I, when we got back from Miami, we see all these election signs up. We need to pay more attention to these local elections because it's the local people in power that have turned into these Nazis. And uh, there's one gal running for judge here. She's supposed to be a Republican, but man, we, we don't need her anywhere near authority because, you know, she's, a, she's in the COVID cult. My point is, we do what we can to try and slow down the descent into tyranny and anarchy and all the rest. Sure we do, but we don't put our faith in any of that. Do you understand? We, and we're not believing anybody's going to come along and save us. Because uh, we read the book of Revelation and Paul in the, end, the, in the end times, there, there will be terrible times in the last days. Jesus said there would be a great falling away before the end. And so we're in it. This is it. Which is why, as your pastor, I have actually doubled down on staying on task. Do you understand that? Because I don't want to be counted among the falling away. And I, I don't want to go on any more snipe hunts. I sure don't want to go on a snipe hunt that would lead me off task from the gospel. So in other words, stay on task, stay on point, be faithful. You ought to look that word faithful up. It means an exact representation of the original. And, uh, oh, so this article also sent, they actually coach these ministers on how to paint Jesus that if Jesus were alive, he'd wear a mask. If Jesus were alive, he'd get vaccinated. This is total, absolute horse hooey. <laughs> you know, Jesus laid hands on lepers. Amen. So, he, he, and listen, the other day, a belt fell off the island in my closet and hit one of my toes. And... I was astounded at how something like that could hurt. <laughs> guys, guys, you know, the reason women give birth to babies is if guys did it, there'd be no babies. <laughs> my point is, my point is, they, they tied him to that post and they whipped him with a cat of nine tails until they peeled the skin and the flesh off his back. Who would do that? Then they crucified him. The most horrible form of capital punishment ever invented by man. So he was not afraid. He was not a sissy. And what he did, say it out loud, what he did, he did for us. Hallelujah. So when, when he defeated Satan, through that work on the cross, when God, David said in the Psalms that God would not suffer his Holy One to see corruption when God raised him from the dead. And don't you know, every power of hell was arrayed against the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, whatever power Satan could muster, 
It was exercise, but it didn't matter. God raised Jesus from the dead. And when God did that and Satan was defeated, that was all for us. But how many people, how many people live their whole lives? It's just amazing. I read on social media, this lady comes down to Texas for a wedding from up north. She was just shocked. These people are living like it's normal. You know, they go outside. They, they eat in restaurants. They, I mean, she was just astounded. Okay, but that's the way a lot of Christians are. See, in other words, there's this place called Faithland. And you, your dreams can come true, and you don't have to be kicked around by the devil. And uh, when somebody in your home and family gets sick, you can speak the word of faith over them. But there's, there's people, and they don't even know that we're living free. They, they don't even know that we're living free. And it's, it's kind of a weird world we're living in because in the world I live in, last Thursday there was a blessing that came into our lives that it was phenomenal. It didn't cost us a dime. And uh, Sue took my picture, but I didn't have anybody to text it to because anybody I might text it to would get mad about it. That's weird. Well, I ought to have a dozen friends and I could, I could send them a, a, a photo of a blessing and, and a dozen people, yeah, you know, go, Pastor Gene, go. But it's not like that. See, that's the scarcity of the Word of God. That's the scarcity of the Pauline revelation. So everything he did has been reckoned unto us. It has been credited to our account. Now, our problem is, and here it is, our problem is we don't feel like we deserve it. But we, we, we kind of almost have to bring this over into natural terms to better understand it. Uh, a couple of years back, there was a car that had come out, special edition, whatever, and because of COVID, they said, that's it, we're not making those anymore, we're not going to, there'll be no more of those. So I told Austin, I said, go get one. I said, you know, look around, find what you want, and just go get one. I'll cover it. Well, he didn't sit over there with his head in his hands say, saying to Jessica, I'm not worthy. <laughs> I don't deserve this. You know, I'm not good enough. I mean, within 30 seconds, man, he's online. <laughs> Am I right? Oh, yeah. So we kind of, this is one area of life where we could pull it over into the natural and have a better understanding and do better. See? But this is your daddy. I'm talking about your daddy tonight. And what really turned me on to the faith, faith message was this thing of daddy. Because the one I had in the natural, uh, I can tell a hundred stories. I'll tell one. 1970, it was either 70, it was 73, 73. It was the end of the Mustangs. 
after they were going to that little thing, the Mustang too, they should, that was, they should never have called that a Mustang. <laughs> and uh, it was, my dad's partner had a 1973 fire engine red Mach 1, and because he was a partner in the dealership, it had every option, it was loaded. You can see it in your mind's eye, well, the guys can. And it was the last it was the last one they had because they were coming to an end. There were no more on the lot. And, but my dad had a beef with his partner and it was 3,200 bucks. Brand new car with, you know, the dealer had driven it. So probably 1,500 miles on it. And uh, my deal with my dad was that if, if, if he would lend me the money to buy any car I wanted, if I could put up half, and so I told him, I, I said, I want that car. I said, that's the end of them. There'll be no more of that. And that's a Mach 1. I said, that's what I want. It's under warranty. I did everything I could to sell it. And he said, well, you, do you have $1,600? I said, no, I got about $600, $800. He said, well, then you can't have it. But this one I'm talking about tonight, he's never told me no. Not one time. And the one I'm talking about tonight, he is outrageous. He is lavish in his love for us and his generosity with us. Hallelujah. He's wonderful. I feel sorry for him because he's gotten such a bad rap. But he is wonderful. Hallelujah. He is wonderful. He is gracious. He is kind. He is long-suffering. He's forgiving. Hallelujah. Totally from beginning to end, he's wonderful. Yeah, but what about all those laws? Well, the Lord never gave us one law to curb sin that was for God's benefit. Every law that God gave man to curb sin was for man's benefit. It wasn't about him. It was about us. Amen. Amen. Say it out loud. Tell your neighbor, he's my daddy. He's my daddy. Amen. See, we don't, we don't think of it like that. And all of this, everything Jesus did, he did for us, and it's all been reckoned to our account, credited to our account. But when will we... Take it in. When will our minds become fruitful with this mighty unveiling of what we are in Christ today? People don't pay enough attention to the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God speaks unto us words of life. He's telling me while I'm speaking, he's reminding me of an incident and how it was a watershed incident. Many years ago, I went over to Neiman Marcus at last call, and I found an Armani suit that fit me. It was a, in those days, I wore a 41 long. Those days are gone forever. And uh, I wore a 41 long. It was an off-size, so they had this suit. It was, it was just great. And I got it like at half price. And so uh, the next time last call came up, I, thought, I told Sue, well, I'm going to go over and get me another one. And I went over there and looked at what they had. Well, there's a reason they call it last call. It's because, you know, Everybody in the world's picked over stuff, and so this is what's left over. And I looked at what was left over, and there was nothing there. And I went over and looked at the new stuff, and the salesman came over, and he said, 
uh, sir, would you like to try one of those on? And I said, oh, dear God, no. I said, I can't afford that. And as harshly as I have ever heard him in my entire life, he spoke to me in that store, and he said to me, from this day to your last day, I don't ever want to hear those words come out of your mouth that you can't afford something. And it changed my life. See, a lot of people would just, I don't know what they would do. Ignore that, take it as a harsh rebuke, whatever, God's against stuff, uh, hold it against, you know, Armani. I don't know what people would do. You shouldn't be go to Neiman Marcus. People can just be so weird. And, uh, but, but I, so you've never heard me say we can't, we can't afford something. You've never heard me say we can't do this, we can't do that. Uh, here in the office, we always say the money's coming. The money's coming. Amen. And he has provided. See, here's, the, here's a horrible truth about God, and that is he will let you live with the results of your faith. He will let you live with the fruit of your faith. That's the horrible thing about God. And so if you don't believe him for anything and you live down you know, on the creek, creek bank and you're eating uh, wild onions and drinking branch water uh, and freezing your you-know-what off tonight, when the front comes in, he'll let you. And it's a horrible truth about God because I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there one, one month up at I-30. I couldn't make the payment. I've been there. Don't tell me, don't tell me he, he, don't come, don't tell me he'll come bail you out. He'll let you, he will let you live on the fruit of your faith. But here we are and, you know, people are watching. We got people from Dubai watching, New Zealand, Australia. It's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, if you send us something, we'll be grateful for it. But we don't need anything because the wonderful people at Faith Christian Center have been so blessed by God and so prospered by God, we, we don't owe anybody anything. Hallelujah. And we didn't get there working the second shift at Winn-Dixie. We believe God. We believe that one that's seated right now to the north, we believed what he said. And the blessings marched right in the door. Hallelujah. So, and, and pastor, how come everybody doesn't know this? How come everybody doesn't teach this? People don't want to accept it because, see, it all, all of this goes back to personal responsibility. And, and that's, that's, man, you know I'm totally old school to be, to, for even the words to come out of my mouth in 2022, personal responsibility. We are so blessed. You know, Tiff Shuttlesworth spent, he's only a few years younger than me, he spent an entire lifetime preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes in here the first time he ever set foot at Faith Christian Center. He spoke on a Sunday, I think it was. It wasn't even a protracted set of meetings. And it was the biggest offering he'd ever received in his entire life. Boom. And we don't use a stomach pump. So in other words, we just give people an opportunity to give and they give. 
Oh, we're blessed. Okay? But see, that's offensive. Because, well, how come, how come God doesn't bless other preachers like that? How come God doesn't bless other churches like that? Well, for the same reason, not everybody's holding church tonight. Because my Lord said, according to your faith, will it be done unto you? There's a church where you got to make a reservation. You got to contact them on Friday, tell them your VAC status and all this and, and your medical history. We don't care about any of that. Amen. You're well, praise God. You're not well. We'll lay hands on you. We're not even afraid to lay hands on you. Amen. Just was it three Sundays ago we laid hands on 800 people plus on a Sunday morning. We're not afraid. But according to your faith, will it be done unto you? It's a hard truth. Tell your neighbor, it's a hard truth. So don't be telling me he won't let you suffer. Don't be telling me he won't let you do without. He will. It's a horrible truth. But turn the coin over. Tell your neighbor, turn the coin over. Whatever you can believe him for, he will meet you at whatever level you can believe God at. Whatever you can believe God at, whatever you can believe God for, he'll meet you at that level. Amen. Say it out loud. I know for some of you it's a hard thing to do, but you, you got to get in the habit. Say it out loud. I'll never be sick, I'll never be sick. Another, day another day in my life. I'll never be broke, I'll never be broke. another day in my life. I'll never do without another day in my life. And it's not just a matter of rehearsing those words. It's a matter of getting it down into your heart. And walking in it. Amen. Now listen, I, I, I'm trying to stay with my notes and I am watching the clock, but he keeps talking to me. When, when you let that come out of your mouth and I say, get it into your heart, you, you've got to police yourself because when you're around family, when you're around friends, when you're, you have to be careful at how you talk. Amen. Because, you know, in, a, in Texas, we learned this thing when we got married and moved here that things are not always as they appear. And so the, the, the rich man could be wearing blue jeans and boots and the guy could be all dressed up and have not have anything. Amen. So you, you just don't know. And so there's this kind of aw shucks thing people do, you know, to kind of go with the flow and uh, fit in. And I know that's why sometimes you bring a, a visitor and they have trouble with me because I don't do that. You know, I'm blessed by God. If you have a problem with it, well, you're probably going to have a problem. <laughs> but in other words, I'm not going to come in here wearing a track suit and acting like I ain't got nothing to, to build church tenants. I will not dishonor my Lord that way. Amen. He blessed me and I'm not ashamed of it. Amen. Amen. Because I know one thing, it's not Satan blessing me. Amen. Let's get to Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 and quit. Now notice carefully that the 22nd and 23rd verse of Ephesians 1 says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Say it out loud, for the church. Say it again, for the, for the church. What he did, he did for the church. And since we are his body, then all these wicked and evil influences are beneath our feet right now. Now listen to me carefully. 
That does not mean we have authority over what's going on in Austin. That, that does not mean we have authority over what's going on in Washington. But you do have authority over your life. You have authority over your income. You have authority over your money. You have authority over your body. You have authority over your family. And now, so, and, and Paul, I'm going to quit, but Paul said, neither give place to the devil. And that word place there is very interesting because it is the Greek word topos, which is uh, the word from which we get our, our word topography. So when Paul says, neither give place to the devil, he's saying, don't, don't give him an inch. And I would say it this way, don't, don't give them a place in your body, don't give them a place in your marriage, don't give them a place in your children, don't give, and don't give them a place in your thought life, just don't give them a place. Because I've learned this about the devil, you give him a place and he'll go to thinking it's his and his right and you're going to have a little bit of a challenge running him out of there. He's like a squatter, so don't give him a place. So at the first sign of trouble, you go to war, you, you just tell Satan, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, take your hands off my money, take your hands off my wife, take your hands off my husband, take your hands off my body, take your hands off my children, whatever it is. And, and just exercise your authority because what Jesus did, he did for you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.